Hey guys, welcome to another episode of SOS VHS. Uh, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're not fancy. What's going on? It's okay, skeleton producer. That's Mr. Skeleton producer to you. All right. Well, this week things are a little different, okay? Usually you're used to having guests come on and talk about their favorite movies, but this week we unleashed Andres, aka Fancy B, to uh, completely nerd out on, you got it, Jurassic Park. Enjoy the show. Da na na, da na na, woo, na na na, da da, ba ba, chip. Hey guys, I'm in one of my favorite places in the world, a movie theater, and I'm gonna watch one of the best movies ever made. Definitely one of my favorites of all time. It's Jurassic Park, it's his 30th anniversary, and it's back in movie theaters. So, pen and paper so we can do an SOS VHS uh, episode after this. Uh, please come with me, join me on, on, on an adventure that took 65 million years in the making. So excited. Let's go. So, guys, I got a little opening bit since we're doing Jurassic Park. Ugh. You guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Starting with Carlos, I want everyone to do their best Jeff Goldblum laugh from the movie. Mm. All right. Carlos, you're up. All right. My best Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. AKA my best Rick Glassman. <laughs> what does he do? He goes, he kind of like growls. Like, <laughs> he does the, also the. <laughs> <laughs> when he says the dinosaur for the first time. Oh, that's right. He, yeah, he's laughing. <laughs> or when he's doing the water thing, yeah, the helicopter. The, yeah, and yeah. It, like drips and it's like chaos. The chaos. Physics exactly. Exactly. Like chaos theory. Yeah, chaos theory. So cool. He's like. <laughs> Andres, do you know the laugh? No, no. I which uh, which moment? The, the moment where he, where he goes. So you two dig up dinosaurs. Huh. <laughs> 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 oh yeah 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 true true <laughs> it actually was a moment where everybody in the theater uh laughed did they laugh now or i don't think they would have laughed in 1994 or three 93 yeah so things are funnier now in the theater right i look i mean it holds up that's the first thing i want to say it's okay. incredible but let me tell you a little story. I came to the U.S. for the first time in 93. Yeah. And um, just uh, my parents had friends in, in Connecticut, and I came to visit. And I went to see this movie in the theaters. I didn't understand a word of English. <laughs> so I couldn't. But I remember being completely fascinated by it and kind of following the story alone with just the visuals. A sign of a good movie. Yeah, yeah. That you of, don't need the dialogue. Right, right. It's like film school 101. <laughs> yes, and then I, I I went back to Spain, and then they released it there a few months later, and I rewatched it, and it was like, incredible. What I, was it called there? It was called the same thing. Okay. But, uh, well, just translated Parque Jurásico. But but yes, it was the same. They didn't come out with a weird title. Well, but, Mexico City, where I saw Twister, it was called Tornado. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> right, right, is right. This, like, is Bill Pullman or Paxton <laughs> in this? Is, is this the yeah, yeah, yeah. They, Bill- they usually translate... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and sometimes they come up with weird, weird uh, titles yeah. when the translation is not significant. Exactly. But I think but, this was like an international Yeah. 
it. I mean, but yeah, this movie was. Uh, so I feel like Spielberg, uh, 1975. He was 26. He makes Jaws. Insane. He transforms the you know third movie. He the whole movie industry becomes completely different after that. The, mm-hmm. the blockbuster was invented. The summer thing. 20 years later, he's in uh, his 40s. He does Jurassic Park, and the whole industry changes again. It's the first movie that uses CGI to this extent. Uh, the moment that this movie... So, the movies of this year that started the year at the top of the box office were things like Home Alone, you know? Mm. And and at the end of the... Uh, oh, I'm saying in the 90s, sorry. The, yeah. the, the, the beginning of the 90s, of like Home Alone, those type of movies yeah. were top of the box office. At the end, it was all CGI movies like Matrix and... Independence Day. And, right, all of the... all. So I've been like sleepless in Seattle beforehand. Exactly, kind of exactly. Okay. So yeah. he he transformed the whole industry again. Uh, George Lucas did like the prequels after seeing what was, you know, what he could do with CGI. That's right. Uh, yeah, Phantom Menace. And Kubrick stuff. designed AI. Uh, he didn't direct it at the end because he died. But like the idea of like, okay, now this whole new world is possible. Of like, it's wild. And now all the you know all the Marvel stuff, right? Like, it, but it still stands to this day. Like that CGI, in is so beautiful. It it's incredible. I think there is only eight minutes of CGI in the movie. What? Something like that because they still build the dinosaurs, the animatronics, the yeah, like close exactly. up. And I think that holds up so well because you can see the actors interacting with the Do you think it froze at that time in the nineties that we that freezing it would be good to this day compared to like um the another Marvel movie? Oh, uh, absolutely. I feel yeah. like because heavy CGI movies age so I mean our eyes get used to the new thing and Exactly, like Polar Express. It looks like a, a PlayStation 2 game now. Absolutely. Yeah. Like mo- I feel like most most movies, even if you see Titanic, which is another hit from the, this time. Uh, seven, yeah. Yeah. So the, the the yeah, a few years later, the CGI shots are the ones that stand out. Everything mm. else, like the models, the the paintings, all of that. Yeah. Is like you go go unnoticed, but the CGI, the big CGI effects, is like ah, a little video gamey. Yeah, even like Titanic when it like transitions from the uh, underwater <laughs> to the new to like oh, we're going back a hundred years. Right. I'm like oh, this looks like Red Dead Redemption One. Yes. Or yeah, but because those those things age so quickly. Yeah. But because he was forced, so I think when we're when they were designing the movie, the team that were doing the special effects were two teams, right? One, okay, building the animatronics, the other one doing stop motion. Oh, wow. Because they they didn't know that CGI was an option. Yeah. So then the industrial light and magic like was, oh, le- watch this. And they saw a T-Rex. Holy shit. Like shot. Yeah. And everybody was like, holy moly, like the future. You know, he, they realized so like, cool. oh, that's going to be the future. And the stop motion people were like, I need to pay my rent somehow. I, I, exactly. Out of a job. They All the things, all the work they did. That's what we did as kids on our video cameras. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, all of that was gone and that art form kind of like disappeared. I mean, you see certain movies here and they're like the Pinocchio. 80s. Yeah. Like the, the, the latest Pinocchio. I Everyone hated it. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I thought, it was I thought it was great, and but it was like stop motion, but it's it's kind of gone. I think, yeah. 
So is it real stop motion. Maybe he did real stop motion, but I feel like a lot of stop motion is like they do it a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. The whole Pinocchio was done stop motion. The thing is, like now the landscapes and all of that is the, are digital. But yeah, I see. So it's stop motion on the green screen. Yeah. How interesting. It's uh, and they built certain parts of the set. It's it's certain beautiful parts. to see. I loved it. it. Yeah. It was so good. I just speaking of green screen, the uh, one of the, my f- most favorite moments and being in LA was me and Esther Pavitsky. We um, went to see a screening of Pitch Perfect, mm. like in 20, whenever that came out. Yeah. By Kay uh, yeah. Cannon. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she was dating S- Jason Sudeikis at this time. And we go to Universal, like on a Friday night to watch the screening. And afterwards, we walk around the studio. And this is only one of the times, me and Esther have spent many times on Universal's lot, walking <laughs> around. Like we've been to the jaws thing on our own in right Psycho. but um this was actually really special we went into a, a one of the big uh studio uh what oh sound stage yeah one of the big sound stages and it was like this big green screen with like an apocalypse city and we don't know what movie it was but we know that we were on the set of like a <laughs> like huge a movie. hollywood movie like a jurassic park right and seeing the green screen and all like the like the cityscape destroyed but it's like foam and so it like falls yeah, over easily of course what a beautiful thing that it's was a, such a special night in my life yeah um i mean and when they were doing this movie like you see something behind the scenes i remember watching us uh my dad and i uh, own the dvd for the vhs then the dvd and they have those extras you know and you see actors and and you see oh there's gonna be a big dinosaur there you and it's the first time for these actors to do something like oh, that. oh yeah it must have been crazy for it them is, and now the marvel movies they just live in atlanta and act in front of a green screen <laughs> they, they, they are used to that it's a new art form of like acting in front of any, nothing you know it must be so hard yeah ironically you have to be like marlon brando today yeah, to yeah. be in front of those green screens totally it's, <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought I mean I I just watched it in the theaters and the first thing is like the the movie theater was packed, which I'm you know I think a lot of nostalgic but that's people. Wild. And and <clears throat> it holds up, it holds up. I I I think I mean this is a guy in the peak of his superpowers. Spielberg, yeah, yeah, he did this movie and did Schindler's List the same year. It's insane. They got released both in the same year. The Only range, the range is unreal. What's up? The range of that is is unreal. Yeah. From it's Jurassic like, Park to Schindler's List, unbelievable. Incredible. It, what comes to mind is Apatow doing Knocked Up and Superbad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I feel like- Also, he's big. I feel like that there's exactly. no no better year like that, you know, when a director can do something like that. Like, I saw the word the traffic in Erin Brockovich the same year. 99. You know, so. That was a big influential year for me with yeah. Soderbergh. And it's funny, I was we were at Bad Friends one day. I, think, I don't think you were there yet, but- Andrew was like, I just talked to Steven Soderbergh. And then the strike happens. And right. I'm like, oh, what was that for? Um, I'm yeah. obs- I was obsessed with Steven Soderbergh. Like, yeah. just in traffic, the idea of like, oh, Michael Douglas is in a car and it's backing out of the driveway. And then it jump cuts like 30 frames to like him a little yeah. farther in the driveway. I was like, holy shit, a Hollywood he, movie cut, like did a he, weird edit for no reason. <laughs> he's very experimental in that way. I, 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 I like him too, but... I feel like there's no one like Steven Spielberg. Hell no. To me, no. like, even if you like grittier movies or, like, your taste is a little more, like, in terms of, like, someone with skill, I think he's unmatched. I think maybe Hitchcock back then, Kubrick, him. Yes. I, I, I don't think there's many people in, like, shooting. So, he was shooting this movie. Mm-hmm. He 
edited as he's editing this movie, he's written the script of, of it's a script that he's been developing for 10 years. Martin Scorsese had this uh, uh, property for a while, like Schindler's List. Okay. And then, and he had Cape Fear, so they, they switch. Oh, cool. Uh, I think Scorsese, Scorsese needed like a, a Hollywood thing and mm. Spielberg wanna, you know, I feel like Scorsese felt like a Jewish person needed to tell that story. Of course. And so developed the script for 10 years. He's written the script with his wife. At this point, you know, he had married like yeah. his- that's what uh, I love about Spielberg. He has many wives. I'm like, he's he, still a Hollywood guy. <laughs> no, I mean, he he, he married uh, Kate, 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 Kate Shubb, whatever. I don't know the names, name. yeah. It's the, it's the start of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, he okay. They, she they, ruined that movie. She ruined it. <laughs> Skeleton, it's okay. No, she ruined it. <laughs> I feel like you were in that movie. I, there's a uh, Family Guy joke where uh, <laughs> Stewie is, is short round and uh, you know the <laughs> Steven Spielberg's wife is like, Indy! And then Stewie goes, lady only here because she humping director. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never stood out as something bad. I, I like her in that movie, but I did too, but I was a kid when I saw it. Yeah. So it's like anything that they say is in the movie is good to me. Yeah. But now I think I do see how different she is than the other Indiana Jones characters. Sure. It's it's a a, a slightly different Indiana Jones, but in any case, like, well, they're both reading the script. Yeah. He reads it. He finished the, you know, puts it down and said, like, I need to make this movie right now. I'm not going to wait another year. The winter in Poland uh, I need because I need the snow. I need. I'm gonna go there yeah. to the sites where the Holocaust happened. What this, a luxury! This is in like a f- couple months. So he calls George Lucas. He calls C- Catherine Kennedy, who's his longtime producer, and say, "Hey, I need to jump ship. I cannot finish Jurassic Park. I need to. I need to uh, do Schindler's List. I just yeah. need to." So he calls George Lucas and say, "Hey, can you finish the movie for me?" And at this point, he needs uh, sound mixing, color correction. Um, it's a whole thing. A couple, you know, kind of like the, the pictures lock, but the, the final, yeah. you know, I think sound mixing and sound editing and, and, and color correction, something like that. So George Lucas said, okay, I'll do that. Mm. By the way, that movie won uh, best, uh, best sound, best sound. <laughs> All Who got the special. Oscar? Was it Lucas? <laughs> well, I, he supervised the, the team. Yeah, the, the te- teams got the Oscars. And this guy like jumps to shoot the other movie. Yeah. Um, immediately, you know, a completely different tone. Like, you know, I think like, I don't know. For me, it's like the, 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 if you could have that superpower of being like a, a director with that uh, ability, that would be, you know. Reminds that, me of athletes. Yeah, yeah. You can um, play in the snow the next week. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, like, I always try and think of, like, basketball. Yeah, I mean, he's the Michael Jordan of filmmaking. Yeah, I always like to think that, like, basketball is, like, a game of life where, like, cheating and being, like, uh, maneuvering and political (laughs) and, like, savvy gets you your way, whereas football is a game of war. But that that makes me think of basketball. Spielberg can play, like, a game the next week that is totally different from the game before. And that's what, like, people like LeBron James can do, which is very rare. I, um... That's fascinating. Yeah, and the, the 94, the Oscars, I mean, he obviously won all the, I guess, important awards with, with one movie and all the technical awards with the other movie. Force Gump's Gump wins Best Picture. Is that ni- the 95? That, that's the following year. Okay, okay. Yeah. What wins in 94? The, well, 90, Oscars in 94 are the movies of 93. That's what so I was thinking. Spielberg, like... I see. All Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. So I he's see. the big, you know... And then Winner Forrest of, Gump wins 96. Forrest Gump and, and um, 
um, Pulp Fiction are next year. That's right. And Pulp Fiction. So I've always said something about Steven Spielberg. Let me know if you if you agree with this, Andres. Yeah. On the spectrum of big box office success and art, I feel like Steven Spielberg is one of those few directors that have both and have accomplished, you know, big box office success and art at the same time, which is incredibly different, difficult yeah. to do, mm. right? Incredibly difficult. Either have some art house film that makes no money that gets an Oscar, or yeah. you have a Michael Bay explosion movie yeah. that yeah. makes a lot of money. And Steven Spielberg did both. Skeleton, you you know a lot about movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's I, a movie buff, a movie bone. Uh, I, I die. Bone. I die for movies. <laughs> you died for movies. But I gave I, my life. I, <laughs> I I agree that I mean there is that I think we mentioned it in the show before the 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 generation that was born in, in the late fifties and sixties and who made movies in the seventies. Yeah, they're called the movie brats. Mm-hmm. Right, Brian like the, the the Godfather is like uh is the Godfather director, right? Coppola yeah. is the the oldest one and the one who helps George Lucas makes make a, a American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian De Palma is doing his things like Scorsese, mm-hmm. right? So in the span of like right after priesthood, right, or right after he drops out, he of drops seminary. out of the seminar school. Yeah. So in the seventy five is is Jaws, seventy mm-hmm. six is uh is um um um. Taxi Driver, 78 is uh, Star Wars. Insane. 78 is also uh, Close Encounters. Yeah. Uh, 79 Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse now. Yeah. That's so, one of my favorite. I think that's one of my top three movies, Apocalypse Now. Like, even like, I think about, like, there's certain scenes that I can relate to in every part of my life. Like, even Finding the Puppy. Yeah. I think about that. I, oh, it's it's a movie. It's it's crazy that that movie even exists. It, it is. It, but yeah. Sofia Bra- Coppola being there as a baby. I. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've seen Hearts of, Heart of Heart Darkness. Heart of Darkness, it's yeah. One of the most incredible movies I've ever seen. I I mean, just to say something about Apocalypse Now, I always think it's the perfect analogy of a psychedelic trip as you go deeper and deeper into the jungle down yeah. there. You experience madness and it's, you have to break through. It's crazy. And that's, that's another movie that we could like really uh, <laughs> dive deep into. I'm obsessed into. with that It's movie. a great movie. And it's John Milius uh, uh, writing that movie. So, uh, And that was a movie that was developed by George Lucas to be shot by George Lucas. And then because Star Wars, anyway, like, the, but that generation of, of people, I think they're all in artists who were able to make blockbusters. So cool. I think Spielberg is the only one who remain always at that level of like, because Scorsese will make like grittier movies. Mm-hmm. I think taste, you know, some people prefer that type of movie. Yeah. But in terms of box office hits and movies that were gonna be like Oscar winners, like yeah. I think there's nobody like Spielberg. Yeah, I wonder that that seems to me so deliberate. Like we know people in show business who like Scorsese feels like a guy who's like like again, I'll bring it to basketball, a player who when he's he's been really good and he's won championships, but he'll play for a shitty team. To make them better. Yeah. Where Spielberg feels like I'm never leaving the Lakers. Right. I'm only going to. Spielberg win. is Kobe. <laughs> exactly. I really feel that way. All right. Like Shaq Kobe. is Scorsese where he's like, I'll go to the Suns. I'll go yeah. to the Celtics. I think the reality with all these people is they were really very different uh, outlooks at life. They grew up completely mm. different. Scorsese said like, oh, when, when digital, I, when digital started, they, they were asking him like you know how do you want the sky do you want to just cause like hey i'm i grew in new york i never saw the sky you know yeah. like i'm not a spielberg who grew up in arizona and looking at the sky and yeah. therefore like the, i think there are looks in life like spielberg like i guess like people who don't like their movies they don't like that he's 
I guess, like very optimistic. Sentimental. Sentimental. Yeah. I like it. The, the, that type of thing that even... So Terry Gilliam used to say it about um, Schindler's List, like mm-hmm. that Schindler's List is a movie about success while the Holocaust was about failure, a failure mm. system. But even like the movie, it is about this one guy who actually saves this amount of people. Mm-hmm. So there is that hope. Yeah. I to me that's the only palatable way to deal with that subject matter you know it's like yeah everything well, is horrible but at least even in the worst case scenario there's always some humanity what's some the other hope. movie option for yeah the it's just like you want to just cut your veins yeah, and die it's so sad. yeah yeah it's horrible but um my mom always talked about Schindler's List when I was a kid she was like he would like people like his classmates were mean to him <laughs> yeah. like, she you always know? told me she wanted me to yeah because we grew up in Catholic school and she was like remember the Jews you got to be nice like but uh yeah <laughs> were you obsessed with dinosaurs when you were a kid i feel like almost I every was. boy was yeah i was born in 87 and jurassic park was one of my most influential movies and in getting me to hollywood but so your version of the movie brats of the 70s yeah and then obviously there's the brat pack of the 80s which are more actors obviously yeah um my version of that for you that inspired me were uh the film festival like geeks of the 90s kevin smith Soderbergh, Tarantino, those yeah. guys. I read Robert Rodriguez, all the nineteen. I read his book, uh, "Rebel Without a Crew" or whatever it was. Right when I was literally like ten years old. Yeah. So um, Sundance, the, the the first editions of Sundance were like what was I guess the indie American filmmaking, yeah, exactly. organized, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's, I think it's the first edition or second edition. Robert Rodriguez meets Tarantino at Sundance, right? Like, uh, Kevin Smith is doing Clerks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yeah. And then um, Tom Kalin, a lot of like, Tino moves to Texas because he becomes such good friends with Robert Rodriguez, like about 15 years before Texas becomes like a hot spot for tech. Yeah. He moves to Austin um, and he ends up shooting uh, the Grindhouse movies there with Robert Rodriguez. Troublemaker Studios, which is the thing that that, uh, Rodriguez started uh, uh, in, in, in Austin. And they did that one because... Yeah, Robert Rodriguez is the ultimate indie filmmaker, right? He lights, he Before shoots, anyone he edits, aired, he can do everything by himself. Oh, I, Favreau as well. Oh, yeah, the yeah. 90s. One of, of course. My hero. You yeah. know, I, I think I've told you this in personal life, but I'll say it on the show. When I moved here in 07, I saw John Favreau speak at a double feature of Swinger of Swingers and Maid yeah. on Montana Street in Brentwood at the Arrow Theater. And he was shooting Iron Man 1 at the time. And he said that he made those movies so that he could make an Iron Man. It changed my life because I was like, oh, if John Favreau is telling me it's okay to like big Hollywood movies, I'm going to give it a chance. And Iron Man ends up changing Hollywood. It's it's incredible, right? Like that is the another movie that changes like the, the scope of movies. Everything. And for John Favreau also like talented writer, talented actor, completely into that comedy world and then like jumping into making the biggest movie. It's incredible. Yeah. I think he... Some people are just talented and... Yes. You know what's funny is when I was a mailroom guy at a PR firm, I was like, I started at 19, but this around when I was 20, um, I have to go to... There's all these runs you have to make with... Uh, you have to go to the bank, pick up cash, take it to certain places. I go to HSBC on, in Beverly Hills at Chinese Bank and I pick up like $50,000. They're like, you got to take it to Mar Vista. I take it down there. It's the fucking Iron Man set from the wow. in, but it's Iron Man when they're on the Air Force base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like 
it's just insane. I'm like, holy shit. I got to be at like the first but, Marvel movie. That's like besides the Hulk with yeah. Edward Norton. But uh, that's insane. Insane. But I think like when you look at that Marvel movies and I like them, I have nothing against them. Me too. Them, but there is, to me, they all are very, very similar. It's like a very much, it's not a art, artist driven movie. It's like a Hell studio, no. <laughs> studio driven movie. They all have the same kind of look in terms of cinematography the editing, the, the scripts are good. I think the, the scripts are really, really good, which is rare for a big. Movie. But they take really good care of that. But I feel like once I see a couple, I know exactly how it's gonna feel, and that's what people want, and that's fine. Yeah, I think when I seen this movie, Jurassic Park <laughs> is. I feel like look, obviously it's Schindler's List, and I'm comparing them just because he made them back to back. Yeah. It's a way more like serious subject matter. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to compare like a popcorn, like kid movie with such a like big drama. And no one should really like it. Right. (laughs) But in terms of like filmmaking, I think it's as good. Mm. It's just one of those things like blocking, which for people who don't know what blocking means is like just moving the actors in the frame to like stage a scene like it was theater. You know, can you explain? Theater. I know what blocking is, but can you explain what makes like a scene in Jurassic Park where that's really good? Because I don't understand blocking because I'm not a director. Yeah, I mean, I think he's brilliant, brilliant as like in I don't know how many people can do uh, can block a scene like that. Is it Spielberg telling the actors and making the mark or yes. telling? Oh, wow. He's, he's choreographing this whole thing. So, for example, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, uh, besides the raptors in the kitchen, which I think is I was my just favorite, thinking about that. But oh, it's, it's actually scary. Um, <laughs> so, I feel like, well, we'll, we'll go back to the themes of, of the movie in a, in a second. But I think mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes is when they're about to go in this tour, right? And yeah. then uh, the protagonist... Um, Dr. Grant meets the grandkids of, of John Hamm. When they right? show up, yeah. And they show up, and the kid starts talking to him about dinosaurs, right? And yeah. Like, <laughs> and we're talking about a guy who doesn't like kids. Mm-mm. So the way that they decide to block the scene is like, okay, this kid comes to him, mm-hmm. starts talking, so they move around the car. Exactly. They, get, the- they get inside the car, and... As you you can see in his head, it's like he's realizing that this kid is following him. So you go see the other car and the camera follows. Yeah. So they go from, they enter a car, they come out of the other door and he asks him, hey, which car are you going to go in? <laughs> so like, oh, whatever you are. So he has an idea. So he walks towards the other car. He opens the door for the kid. He lets the kid go in. And it is, all of this is just one shot, one big. That's so beautiful. Uh, and very well choreographed. And the kid starts talking, talking, talking. The camera gets closer to the kid. And then, boom, he closes the door on the yeah. kid. And kind of like success, he, he he trapped one. Yeah. And then he walks and then the other kid is there. Yeah. Kind of like trapping him the girl. between the two. And, and, and the girl. And I said like, oh, I, she told me to ride with you because it's going to be good for you. And then they cut to her and she's smiling, right? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> smiling and then there's that pushing. Like, I mean, this movie has a lot of those... Spielberg shots that is like all about wonder, you know. Like, but I love ever, that. Uh, I, what the hell is the point of movies if you don't do that? Even as someone who's yeah. like, oh, I watched Hedwig and the Angry Inch <laughs> when I was like a kid and all this stuff, and I still fucking love those Spielberg movies. Yeah, but that that optimism is why I think uh, art exists in the first place. Like, yeah, and movies like music, I feel, are the only art that is difficult to intellectualize as you watch it because. Mm-hmm. 
it bypasses you. It's easy to get emotional, you know, to get into that ride. And like, you just don't know what's happening, but you just know that you're feeling all, yeah. all those emotions. When you're in a comedy, when it's like a, or a horror movie, it's like yeah. thrill rides. It's like I, a roller coaster. You don't know how they designed it, and, but you know you're having the best time ever. Right. And yeah. I think that's why they have so much power. So beautiful. I, I was just thinking how, well, one, Jurassic Park, when I saw it the first time. Yeah. When, so when the raptors attacked the T-Rex uh, at the end, yes, I begged my dad to leave. <laughs> I was so afraid. And oh. that's like a core memory I have at Sharpstown uh, Mall yeah. in Houston. And I was like, and you know what's funny is that's where the premiere of that movie Sidekicks was with oh. Jonathan Brandis yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. and Chuck Norris. Yeah. Um, I, I saw the, I saw them like walking there <laughs> with my dad, but, um, yeah, I remember I walked out of dress. I begged my family to I let I mean, go. because of the Spielberg uh, directing this movie, producing things like Gremlins, yeah. uh, they came out with a rating, the P, uh, PG-13. Kind of like, there was no such thing that an in-between. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because even when he made Jaws, Jaws was a, you PG, know. PG, right? No, it was, what is just G, right? Like Oh, I didn't know Jaws, that. But Jaws was PG. PG. Oh, and, it was and, PG. And, and they made a, but they made a note. You for the it's first time ever. It's like, yeah, because it's there, but it is scary. Yeah. And so the, the this rating is like, you know, it is for kids, but it's for kids to also have fear, but it's yeah. not a horror movie. Or... That's fascinating. Because I guess the people going there, like the parents were born in the 40s. And right. 30s, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it is, I remember being scared. And you have a lot of those jump scares in, Jaws? in this movie. No, in, in, in uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. I was so scared because I was born in 87, so I would have been under seven years old when I saw it. Well, kind of the perfect time for a kid yeah. buying uh, like Burger King toys, whatever. Totally. But it was like incredibly scary when, to me. When the... Uh, what's called the dilophosaurus like the guy who like yeah that is that is scary scary well you don't but newman uh, that was yeah scary. exactly yeah, yeah. so as an american we all knew that as newman i don't so <laughs> as a spaniard you didn't know who that was huh i uh i this is the first time that i saw this guy <laughs> how wild and that's the, so interesting the, the two movies i relate him to is this and basic instinct that is so funny we all see him as kramer's name and he, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, right and it was only later that that i saw him like and of course he has some you can see that he has the comedy timing in the movie so funny oh yeah he's when like, he's a little but he's mean to he's, be, he's very uh, mean uh, uh. <laughs> but uh, even uh. exactly even if um the dilophosaurus is a poisonous dinosaur it's still mean to me that he's like shut up or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like be it's nice like, to the animal dude <laughs> yeah he's just something like oh of course you went you went stint you know and that's i think that that's obviously very purposeful that he would be mean <laughs> to them and then they show earlier in the movie they're like gently like rubbing them and stuff <laughs> yes i uh i yeah he's funny at work though he's like <laughs> he's definitely like, like also it. sam jackson this is pre pulp fiction which i think is the movie that to me of course, Makes, uh, him, him, and he's smoking a cigarette, and there are no negative consequences to his character. So it's definitely before a time where the MPAA no, would enforce it. But you, no, no, he dies. Oh, but he dies because, like, yeah, he go, you know, like, what's the uh, fucking Laura right. Dern's character, Ellie? Fights, oh, that was you know, the so arm. scary. The right. arm freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's like, oh, she feels comforted, and then, and oh. then it's like, ah. That was he, fucking scary. He yeah. would have died of cancer anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's definitely 
Yeah, he's smoking. He seems like as like an empathetic character. Like we like him because he's working hard and Newman is not. (laughs) And so I always found it fascinating that he was also smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Um, Because like when I was a kid in the 90s, I wanted to smoke cigarettes so badly because they look so cool in movies. No, no. But he I feel like it's one of those tales that oh, he's smoking. He's going to die. Of course. Uh, And now today, like. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when there was first vaping in True Detective season two. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, they're vaping. <laughs> like, And now people vape in every movie. Uh, right. And then it'll be in a couple of years. So it won't be cool anymore. And of course. See all of that. Oh my God. People make fun of me for this. <coughs> they go, that's yeah. the old one. Is the, yeah. You're not not keeping up with the trends. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's so funny. I'll go on dates and they're like, what is that? And yeah. I'm like, just relax. I, I also like the close-up on uh, Samuel Jackson's lips with the cigarette hanging yes, out. Yes, he has that. For some reason, that image is just burned into my brain of him talking with a cigarette in his mouth. It's so famous, that one scene. It yeah. makes me want to smoke cigarettes. I even started taking a hit yeah. from this because it, <laughs> it feels so alluring. That's what's fascinating about it because I would read those Tarantino books in the 90s and they would say like, oh, the heroin scene with John Travolta where it's bubbling was like the MPA hated that. And Tarantino had to beg to let them like keep some frames of it yeah. in because they were saying it was so triggering to addicts. And this is in the 90s. They were saying yeah. that. And I completely understand. I'm yeah. like, that stuff is very triggering. I forgot to talk to Bobby about uh, when we discussed Pulp Fiction about because that super famous scene of the of uh, Uma Thurman like being kind of resuscitated with the that gets me in, in my heart injection. So this is based on a Scorsese story that was cut out of Taxi Driver in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, where in that in in it was based on a real real story that Scorsese told in the making of Taxi Driver. Yeah, it's not in the movie. Somehow one of the characters tell the story that was cut or. Or it was a, a, on another movie, something that Scorsese mm-hmm. and that Tarantino picked up on and then recreated it as a... Holy shit. As a I funny... I mean, it is funny and it's like gruesome at the same I time. I didn't know. It's pretty... I, I love scenes like that. I lo- like... Yeah. I even love in Jurassic Park. I love like going all the way. Like, that's why I love like where we work at Bad Friends. Like, I love going all the way. Like, yeah. I love when the lawyer just gets eaten. I'm yeah. like, let's show it. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. And I just think it's a beautiful thing in movies when people don't uh, hold back. Like we're making art and I want everyone to feel the feelings yeah. that I want them to feel. And you can see like, you know, as gruesome as those things are, they're not, you know, you don't see you don't the see blood. And, yeah. So they, they keep that. That's what that rating comes from. Like, it's like, it's scary, but you don't see completely. You have to, you don't need blinds. to. Yeah. And also in dinosaur deaths, so I feel like they would be whole chomps anyway. It'll, right, right. It'll be horrible. Like, like, a lion, you know, yeah. throwing a person. But yeah. Um, you just be two bites and then you're in the stomach. And there would be no blood everywhere. <laughs> you know what? It's uh, it's Spielberg building tension, right? Mm-hmm. With that with that water, you know, with the, with so the good. fence, like the fence, the electrical Incredible. fence is going to turn on. So it's... it makes it so much love... scarier. You're so right, Skeleton, because the water running is such a tension builder, yeah. like in Boogie Nights when there's... Well, it's not like that scene in Boogie Nights where there's the firecrackers, but there is that. Oh, that's tension building for sure. But yeah. that is tension building. But I, I like that you said that because I completely didn't even think of that, how the water running is such a scary but tension building thing. The, the thing with him is like you could see that he absorbed all the Hitchcock tricks, right? All the tension, the suspense that the, the T-Rex appearing, right? And also the fact that he decided to do it at night, that it's raining. I love that. So that way also... 
is obscuring the frame and then therefore the dinosaurs are as real as possible it's because so the effects scary. you know like they are animatronics or they are like but they're hidden in all those layers of stuff like there's reflections and I think it's, it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That shot, super famous shot of the water, right? The, the glasses of water, like... Oh, yeah. And, and seeing the... the I like the daytime after that because you know mm-hmm. they didn't go to sleep. So the daytime feels very, like, uh, dreamy. <laughs> dreamy, yeah. Like, very, like... It just feels demented in a way. Like, oh, we're here the next day. The world kept moving. Yeah. And, oh, my God. I'm still on an island with dinosaurs in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite shot? What is the, what it comes to mind? What do you remember that is something like an image that it has so many, I feel this movie. What's coming to mind, um, because there's so many, but what's coming to mind is honestly in at the end when the raptors are chasing them in the yeah. kitchen. And I'm thinking of the two kids in the drawer, in the drawers, the metal drawers and the raptors there like breathing. I remember because yeah. when I was a kid, that was we're like six minutes away from me wanting to leave. Right. <laughs> so yes, I'm like, yes. this is so fucking scary. But those shots, like, yeah, I like that in a Spielberg movie, in an optimistic movie where there's heartfelt scenes and all these things, it becomes a horror movie. It is a horror movie. And it's like, yeah, it's so, I mean, I've, and the reason I keep bringing up that I left the fucking movie and begged my dad and also asking my dad to leave a movie when I was a kid was a very big deal. He's bigger than me, scary, all these things. I'm very afraid of him. And I'm just like, Lord, please, yeah. we have to leave. Yeah. Please, we have to go to church now. Anything, please. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it was magical when I saw it first time. Yeah. I I mean, I love so many, so many moments and shots. I think like it's so well built, mm-hmm. you know, from the eye of the, at the beginning scene, just the eye of the velociraptor in that cage. So or, cool. It opens like a uncut uh, gems yeah. <laughs> when they're there. Right, right. But like that, for example, I remember that gigantic paw of the yeah. T-Rex coming in. Uh, getting the mud out, you so know, with scary. the kids and the... And it comes out bubbling. That, right. Uh, I like when the fucking T-Rex is roaring and the glass comes the out. The glass comes and they are incredible moments. I like, thought about that in my pool growing up. Yeah. I would look up from underneath the water and I'd be like, oh, the T-Rex is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has uh, uh, a lot of brilliant things like that. But so the movie is clearly that one of those like Promethean alleg- allegories of like, okay, Don... Fuck up with nature, right? Yes. Like they, they they say in the movie, I guess the big phrase is life finds a way, right? Yeah, like, just like, because you can doesn't mean you should. Okay. Yeah, and, and the idea of like that you think you can control this, you're playing God, but nature has its own plans, you know? Oh, yeah. Technically, they are building only, or they're engineering only uh, females, dinosaurs, so yeah. they're not going to be inbreeding. In, in, immediately after you see that they actually, there are eggs in the, so that- Which they, is- it's funny because like in the 90s, that's such like an insane thing to think about. But yeah. as the internet grew and stuff, I'm like, oh, there's animals all the time that like re- that can like become asexual and reproduce. And there's like an, there's yeah. a bird that just this week became, Absolutely. that came back after it, like 15,000 years. Yeah. Crazy. Like, and and but the movie hits that note a lot of the times. And I think a lot of the franchises like that. But I think what makes this movie special and it's something that I've seen recreating in other movies too but not mm-hmm. to this degree is the fact that yes there's a movie about that mm-hmm. and there's a movie about dinosaurs but the reality of the movie the thing that keeps you going is that these characters are so engaging and is that this mm. guy who hates kids i love him in it. right hates kids from the beginning the so very funny. first scene 
when he's talking about his theory about raptors, this kid says, oh, that doesn't look very scary. He's like a, like a giant chicken. Six foot turkey or something. Yeah, that right? brat. He was a UCB actor. <laughs> <laughs> like Really funny uh, kid. And, and then he goes on and on and on. And I hated that kid in the movie. I wanted to. Right. Just, it, I was like, I hope he gets killed. <laughs> and he, you know, why? Why is there a kid in that excavation? You know, like they, only that. I didn't even sh- think of that. <laughs> showing that he hates kids. You know, yeah. the next time, right, that John Hamm comes into their lives and say, hey, I can, you know, I can found your your expedition for the next three in years. The you guys trailer. come here. And basically, like, he says something like, We're, our attractions are going to drive kids crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And he says, what, what are those? And then mm. Ellie says, there are small versions of adults. Oh, so I love that. He, he's asking I about the attractions, but she's she, she knows that he hates kids. That is such fucking good writing. Oh. That is like it's a it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant script. And then they go into the silent. He doesn't want to sit with the kids. Mm-hmm. What is he gonna do for the rest of the movie? Just taking care of these two kids. So funny. And and the last shot of the movie, or one of the last shots of the movie, when they're in the helicopter, is he has the kid, you know, mm-hmm. he's embracing these kids, he's comfortable with yeah. kids, he kind of like became a dad. And that's USC screenwriting <laughs> 101, full circle. Yeah. Like, they definitely teach this in school. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> but also, I think, like, his own upbringing, his own deals with his dad, his yeah. own, like, you know, dad and, like, E.T., is famously, you know, like... Did you read the book, by the way? Which book? Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I read the book. I I like the movie better, but I... I like the book better. I love the book. Yeah. It, it kept me going, but I think the changes that the movie made... The movie was more emotional to me. The book was more like... Scientific, about, yeah. And, and it had that more of the horror thing and the, the bad guy jump. You know, everybody yeah. was more like... Can I tell you that? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I was I was on vacation with my ex-wife, <laughs> and um, we get in a big argument. I leave. I take the rent. It's storming in Wisconsin. <laughs> all right, like I've I've been there once in my life. It's a place I shouldn't be, and I go park the car like a mile away. <laughs> I just need to get away. Yeah. And it's storming middle of the summer. I pull out Jurassic Park. I read like 150 pages because I'm so mad. And it's funny because I'm reading it and I'm thinking of the movie and it's a stormy night like in the woods. You started looking around. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I have like a fondness for that book because it saved me during a really hard time. Yeah. And I bought The Lost World after I got divorced. (laughs) I just kind of continued. I I loved it. read most of his books. uh, They're great. And I think, and also he's a writer in the, in the movie. He's a, he's one of the Mm -hmm. co-writers. David Kep is the other one. And who was like also a kid. Yeah. His first, his first screenplay. It's the old days. (laughs) And, um, but I think like they brought all that, uh, heart to the movie. Yeah. That I think it makes the, the ride so enjoyable because for a dinosaur movie once you think about it you see a lot of dinosaurs in your head but watching the movie there's not that much dinosaur yeah. in a dinosaur movie that's the very much the it. jaws appro- approach of like he knows film so well mm-hmm. that that's the other thing that the other movies cannot do you have to have the dinosaurs all the time i love heart like yeah i'll tell you that that was when i worked for apatow on yeah. love on Netflix, just for the audience, you damn know that. But that was such a mantra of 
Judd Apatow was love yeah. and heart. Has to be in the script. Where's the heart? More heart. And I've thought about that basically every other day since. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a huge, huge Apatow fan. I mean, we should we should bring Trisha back I know. to talk about him. But but the heart of it he all did, when he did to me like forty year old virgin and then his year of like doing like knocked up and yeah. and, and there's heart in those scripts though where they could have been shitty. It's you know? like no, he changed a little bit what comedy was to make it like this dramedy, right? Like it's yeah. real things are happening to real characters, all of that. That's what life is like. Fun. Yeah. And I think they did a, a, a great job like in, the, uh, in terms of bringing that. Then eventually the movies, I, I wasn't into them as much as... Well, eventually you make money, you can write the scripts in a but, day. But right, yeah. right. But, but I thought, yeah, I definitely saw that moment in time where they were doing that and then Alexander Payne was doing something like Sideways. Oh, yeah. Like Those movies that have... They're very funny, but they're also very... They're not I, silly funny. They're obsessed like, with those movies. Like Election and Sideways. Sideways right. one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Yeah, the idea of like just following a character through anything, even yeah. if it's... I'm uh, I'm 15 or 16 and I'm watching a movie about a middle-aged guy, divorced guy going through like, yeah. like wineries. Like I don't... like. But those but, movies, uh, in terms of the Hollywood spectrum, right? Those are a little more raw. Yes. They're a little more realistic a little more independent right? but without like, spielberg i feel like spielberg is the hollywood version of all of this right like the camera is on a crane the the the, the lighting is there's so much expensive traction you know yeah. in the that's what i'm saying the blocking is so it's brilliant but it is fake people don't move like that so you can get the shot yeah perfect shot it's just he does it in a way that is i like that seamless. though but it is a, a a mechanism, right? A puzzle that he puts together. It's like a play. Uh, movies in the in the world usually is like okay, it's more like a handheld camera mm-hmm. or some sort of device that keeps the camera stable, so it's not annoying for the an stabilizer on the. They're wearing it, yeah. Right, a steady cam. But it's something like okay, it's if it has to feel more real. You know, we don't build sets; we use actors in a way. You yeah. know, I I I like both. I mean, a good movie is a good movie, no matter what the approach is. I agree. I just feel uh, in the spectacle world, in the Wonderland, uh, that's why I love this movie. I think Jurassic Park made me dream of uh, of making movies and uh, yeah. this is possible to have. I mean, and you can see it's like he's a 40-year-old, 43, 44 when he makes these movies. Insane. He's, that's so young to us. <laughs> yeah, but he's a 20-year-old spirit, right? He's making exactly. a movie for kids. He's He knows. Which is... Awesome. You have that that Tricer, I love that Triceratops moment, right? Like, which is I think every kid favorite dinosaur because he's it looks like cute and harmless. Yeah. And he everybody's like you know he he puts himself there as he breathes and like yeah I love that part. It's that moment of like wow this is like he this is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane that part. Like I that's when everyone's like shocked when they see the uh, Triceratops breathing with uh, what's his name Sam. Neil? Sam Neil, yeah, yeah, Sam yeah, Neil. yeah, incredible, yeah. incredible moment, and I feel like it's also the other thing that makes this movie is the music. I, of course, I think is one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah. but it is so because it, it keeps the theme. You know, the first fifteen minutes you don't hear it completely, but when that helicopter gets to the island, very the famous. music starts with the da 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 skeleton. I think it's, it's you'll get back incredible. to land one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the mainland. It's uh and it has the wonder, it has the horror, but the music makes it very much like this yeah, the awe. 
Yeah. You know, the, the, I think I remember. Hollywood movie kind of thing. Like yeah. The very, grand very, Hollywood movie. So yeah. if, if uh, Steven Spielberg is Jordan, then John Williams is Pippin. Oh, I like that. Did you oh, yeah. see, uh, did, Skeleton, do you see Michael Jordan's son is, is going to marry Scottie Pippin's ex-wife? Oh, I did oh. see that insane that's a little crazy it's so weird that's a little crazy the world of that yeah skeleton i'm glad you're not back in america <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to be there i'll tell you the news <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm glad i the, died yeah exactly it's but complicated yeah, uh, i mean i i was lucky enough to be invited to uh when john williams got the afi award i was there in the in the theater wow and it was one of those moments where like obviously his table is george lucas and steven spielberg and um, anyway, but Spielberg came out and said something like, okay, we worked for 40 years together. We made 23 movies. And without John, he says, the bicycles don't fly. Yeah. Nor do like brooms in a Quivich uh, match. Yeah. The dinosaurs don't, don't walk the earth. Uh, there's no force. It's uh, and you start thinking about it and it's like, holy moly, you know, like all this staple I love John Williams. He yeah. always does a concert at the Hollywood Bowl every year. Yeah, yeah. I've never been, but I've always... I go every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I've yeah. only been to the Bowl once. I went to Lana Del Rey uh, with a, a with a date. And, I mean, yeah. I think it's incredible for any sort of spectacle, but every year they, they choose two or three movies. Yeah. And they play them without the score, and the score gets played live. I've always wanted to see I that. I can tell you, it's like, and it sounds so well. It's a different experience. Fuck. It's a concert and a movie, and it's every year. And you like packed. it? I love them. So okay, I, I have to, to do this. Yeah, and it's like, they usually choose like, you know, famous movies that have big scores. Uh, and I, I saw Back to the Future, like Psycho, or, you know, I would Harry love Potter. to do that. The first time I heard of that was uh, the Dark Knight premiere in New York City had yeah. that. And I was working in the mailroom at the time. And so I saw the invitations to the premiere. And it, at the bottom, it said, like, no, like, like something about, like, no like, audio, like, yeah. score done in, like, IRL, basically. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, what? That sounds weird. And I was like, uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> like, no, I was like but, 20. But it's incredible how it sounds. It's like, it feels the, the because music feels so, in, I mean, incredible imagine. life. I mean, you that's can imagine. Hans Zimmer too, and uh, Hans Zimmer, another huge composer. Exactly, yeah. Um, the Christopher Nol who does Nolan's a lot. He does Nolan. Everyone. Scott, yeah. And Pirates of the Caribbean. Where, yeah. Did, yeah. where does this uh, Jurassic theme uh, music compare to John Williams' other work? Is it top three? You think, Andres Carlos? Um, top three, yeah, hell yeah. Look, I think is this you hear five or six notes of his. Mm -hmm. And you know the movie. To me, that's incredible. You know, I think... I like A New Hope, though. The music from A New Hope I so think much. that's his... If you have to choose just one, it'll have to that's be what, Star Wars. That's what it is for me. I think yeah. it's the biggest canvas he ever will have to, to write music. Also, he wrote the nine, nine movies. And the Double Moon uh, oh, song. That's the, I always forget the name of that song, uh, but it, yeah. it is the Double the, Tatooine the, Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bum, bum, that's, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I th I think in that, Family Guy, they do it. It's like the most beautiful thing in the world. It's an incredible shot, an incredible movie, an incredible uh, soundtrack. And I think for him, but I think... Because like Indiana Jones is incredible. I think E.T. is incredible. Jurassic Park. 
I don't and remember the, the music in Indiana Jones as much, though, to be it, honest da, with you. Da, 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 well, I do, da, but da, not da, like those emotional moments oh. that Jurassic Park provides or Star Let's Wars see. provides. Or when the bicycles fly in a teeth. Well, da, I, da, 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 but da, da, Indiana da, Jones da, da. doesn't feel as emotional to me. No, like of course. No, no, no. And, it, and, it's, and it's not because he's more cynical, right? He's a James Bond character. It's yeah. not about. But I loved uh, his yeah. relationship with Sean Connery. That is so <laughs> uh, inspirational to me with yeah. my own writing and stuff. Like, and those are very also i mean so iconic and everything he does is the dad that, mad at the son like that's like the funniest thing in the world to yeah me. like sean connery and him like he's like this amazing like james bond like character and his dad is just annoyed of him like, yeah that's hilarious to me <laughs> incredible but yeah i don't i don't know where where jurassic i think jurassic is one of my favorites for sure music uh Top three. I, I probably i don't think people will will put it up there you know Probably they choose something like Schindler's List. Uh, yeah, I feel like it, it suffers from being so good that it gets almost like looked over. It's that yeah. happens all the time. It's yeah, like Spielberg is probably not even won't even be appreciated as much because he's so the foundation for everything. Yeah, I feel like yeah he he won an Oscar. That's his first Oscar, Schindler's List. After you know, a That's career. That's insane, actually. But at the same, I mean, not that I feel sorry for him. I think yeah. I think. Who hasn't seen in the whole world, right? Who hasn't seen a Spielberg movie? You know, it's, it's some kids in Africa. For an you artist. know what I mean? But if they had seen one, they'd probably be one yeah. of his. You know, it's like exactly some, that's the case. Yeah, some of those things that are like it's so so powerful. I feel on one hand, right, those filmmakers of the eight of the seventies, eighties, who and especially George Lucas and 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 Steven Spielberg. So original, so unique, so good. Mm -hmm. They also changed the industry to for everybody to make movies like them, and mm -hmm. they kind of close the door of the seventies. Because the seventies are right, so the studio system collapses. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows how to make movies. They put in charge people who don't know how to make movies, but they love movies. Mm -hmm. So they give the artists all the money. So awesome, incredible movies, and everybody's doing this. As the first movie, you know, twenty million. No, that's ten million. No, that's, yeah. right. All of that stuff. Movie, movie, hit, 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 hit. I think there's a famous quote of, of Coppola saying, "Well, the movies of the '80s are gonna be amazing." <laughs> and then all of them, including Spielberg, the, his first flop, uh, first flop happens in the beginning of the '80s. You know, even like De Palma with uh, the un. So is the Untouchables is not a right. I know. I think Unt Untouchables is a success, but when when they did, Spielberg does a movie called 1941. Oh, gigantic yeah, movie that flops. Mm -hmm. um, Scorsese does. Uh, I don't remember if it's King of New York. It's one of those movies that also flops. Uh, the Palm um, Coppola uh, goes bankrupt with a yeah. movie called One from the Heart, and then of all people, you know um, Michael Cimino, who had been an Oscar winner with the Deer Hunter. Mm -hmm. makes a movie called Heaven's Gate. Mm. Collapses two studios. It's such an expensive movie. There's and like books about it. Yeah. There's books about it and all that. And then the studio said, no more. No more. We're not this, giving these this kids. This era is over. Yeah. And then the 80s becomes a completely different different uh, filmmaking. Yeah. there's. Style. I feel like in the 80s, there's like 10 good movies. <laughs> like, I really do think that. Yeah. It's like, I don't love them. There is something naive about the 80s that I love. I love the mm -hmm. Back to the Futures. I That's love, what I'm saying. Those know, are the Indiana good movies. Jones and, and, and all of that. But, or Star Wars is the 80s, like the second and the third one. But, it kind of like, yeah, it's not, 
you go back in the 70s it's like year after year it's, it's hit, art hit, it's a hard and commercial Andreas do you think that has something to do with the 80s and the time of uh, you know uh, wealth uh, cocaine uh, Wall Street excess uh, yeah there's there's a lot going on in the 80s that um, was different than the 70s and uh, you know movies are always a re- reflection of um, your environment Other oh yeah I actually do believe that I I think that the 80s were a time of like uh, we're only going to green light sure hits kind of thing. And that's, I think the nineties, like indie filmmakers going to Sundance are a response to the eighties excess. De- definitely. But, but I think I'm, I'm not sure if it's the, the, you know, the Reagan era and all of that stuff, a reflection in the movies. I feel like definitely there is a positivity in the U S mm-hmm. that brings that, that naive type of movie that then is gone in the nineties. Yeah. Right. That I think in terms of like, Yeah. Goonies and uh, Back to the Future and all that. They're very positive, lighthearted movies. But in terms of the studio saying no more, I think it's just the financial ruin that this artist brings to the system that they the studio says, no, no more. We're going to just green light things that are properties, uh, franchises, that the, the beginning of the sequels and prequels and yeah. franchising, you know, the, the idea ends. that when... Arnold Schwarzenegger makes that movie uh Total Recall? No, no, no. He's a he's a a superhero the last section here or something. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. So it's a huge flop. It, I know, I that's loved the, it. The beginning of kind of like <laughs> the studio system cannot rely only on an actor. An actor is not I think at that time maybe a tongue cru- it is one or two oh, that yeah. any movie they do. And instead, it's like, let's do franchises. Yeah. So Jurassic Park was a success. Let's do Jurassic Park 2 and 3. Or God, uh, Back to the Future was successful. Let's do 2 and 3. And Vince and Vaughn that- goes in 2 yeah, <laughs> because he's in Swingers. Yes, yes. And everything <sighs> everything is like that. Uh, it's a party with Vanessa, uh, his like stepdaughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, she's yes. cool. Yeah, it started a lot of parties in the 2010s. And the, yeah, but... Um, Anyway, it's, it's it's yeah this idea of the uh, the franchising and having properties, comic books, and um, now superheroes, whatever it is, something that is a little more like safe. Now it's like video games, like video games, yeah, like the anything. Halo show on Paramount Plus. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that that changed a little bit, and then yes, then on the other hand, you have the the artists, and it's like okay, we can make movies with nothing. Let's do it ourselves, you know. The world that we are in, yeah, and sometimes you success. Uh, it goes success. to mumblecore. Like there's, I mean, we can like take all the movie. We can like go to right. all of them, of course. But yeah, yeah. And there was a moment in that Scorsese said, "I am successful. I've been lucky enough that I can make movies. You know, and the movies that I want. But the only person who can do whatever he wants in this business is Spielberg. Which is, yeah, it's the only wild. Person. Scorsese can't even do that. No." It's interesting because you can even see it to this day. It's like, oh, Scorsese like releases his stuff on Netflix. He goes to Apple TV and it's like, well, why yeah. do you think he's doing that? Because the studios aren't telling him that he can like release it on big screens, all that stuff. It's like he's being told no somewhere. Yeah. Whereas Spielberg is likely never told no. He's also, he became a producer and he's actually the Spielberg. most prolific producer in history is the producer with most movies that he has produced not only wow. produces his movies but he has produced for so many people for um 
J.J. Abrams too. Oh yeah, 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 for for Michael Bay for yeah. But and he produces at different levels, right? He's executive producer and chose certain directors like Robert Zemeckis wouldn't be so Robert smart. Zemeckis without Spielberg, right? Of like, course. Like the the ambling touch or the executive producer thing, where like he did Goonies and 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 I don't Back know to all the, the future, all those right. And, it's such a big deal when you see his name at the top and of the credits. Exactly, exactly. Really so, legitimizes the movie, makes Robert Zemeckis' name look like gold after, or silver after the gold of Spielberg. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's an incredible endorsement, you know, in the same way that Coppola did, you know, with George We Lucas, all need that in Hollywood. George Lucas with uh, Ron Howard and that kind of like the mentorship. But that's how Hollywood is or life is. I don't or know. It used to be more. Well, I it, wish I had a, a person like that, right? Like that it was But like, don't you? Like, so I feel like I do. Like, in well, like, because we're talking about, I talk about comedy. Yeah. And I feel like, and even uh, Andrew had mentioned this on the Dumb and Dumber episode. Like, yeah. Bobby didn't talk to him until Andrew was on Punked. Yes. And I feel like you do need those blessings from Hollywood to move up. And you could yeah. call Punked uh, the Steven Spielberg for Santino to move him up, whatever. But, right. like, I feel like that's still very true in yeah, showbiz. Yeah, you need to, tr but for example, like the, so Samakis and, and, and Bob Gale have written scripts mm -hmm. and make a cute thing in, in film school. Mm -hmm. And then Spielberg goes and said, okay, I'll buy your movie, I'll produce your movie. Insane. And the movie f fails and then said, okay, I'll produce the next one too. And then Insane. the next one is a hit, you know? That, I don't think that happens that that often. No, no. But... Because um, that costs Spielberg a lot of money. <laughs> right, right. And, and but, but his time. name has that, that relevance. I feel these days... I have a feeling that the the Marvel world, who uh, which I don't know if it's coming to, in and then it's not it's not impossible, but a different phase because I think I the agree. movies there's a certain fatigue. I don't think the movies are as good anymore. Oh yeah, people are tired. But definitely something like so the latest Spielberg movie didn't make the money back, you know, mm -hmm. in theaters. Yeah, despite we the fact that it. being like a a good movie or like being like an Oscar nominated movie. Yeah. So is his touch, you know, in terms of like making those movies away from an audience that he understands really well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll we'll have to see what his next project is. But his last couple movies, he did West Side Story, he did The Fablemans. I like them all. I mean, in terms of filmmaking, again, I think. But we're over he's 30. 70. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, and in terms of skill, I don't think there's anyone like him. I think in terms of taste, I don't know if that's what younger people want to see. I feel like, but in terms of taste, it's like, can't a great filmmaker make a movie about anything and you'd love it? I uh, really, I kind of, I right. personally believe that. I will watch Steven Spielberg make a movie about ice skating. Right. I mean, like in the way Steven Soderbergh made a movie about male strippers. Yeah. And it's, Magic Mike is not supposed to be good, and it's True. amazing. But I feel like, for example, okay. like the people, the younger generation will connect in terms of big Hollywood, right? Connect with Christopher Nolan, for example. Yeah. And it's not that he's making this. I mean, he's making a movie about Oppenheimer. Apparently, it shouldn't be. Oh, this is a for sure a popcorn movie. You know, mm. it's it's a subject matter that is dark, but. There's something a little maybe more modern about how he makes movies. Yeah, a little less. I mean, feel like Spielberg, like Scorsese, all of those guys are like the the end of an era. I mean, Woody Allen still makes movies, and yeah. Roman Polanski, although they're not being released in the US, <laughs> but they are the kind of like the end of that. It makes me Masters. bummed out because I watch Christopher Nolan movies, and I'm always like, oh, only one character <laughs> matters to the writer. Like uh, in Interstellar, only Matthew McConaughey's character feels like drawn out to me. Like the mm. others feel like very half-assed. 
And I feel like Spielberg never did that. Like, so like everyone loves Christopher Nolan. I think his movies are great, yeah. but I do think they're hugely flawed, which is not a hot take. A lot of people think this, like that yeah. brother is not a great writer. I, I, Jonathan. I, I mean, I think he's a great filmmaker too. I think he's a little cold. Yes. To my taste, but because I grew up with this 80s thing that is a little more like heartfelt and a but little so more. did he, which is interesting. Even like Memento when he made it, it's like, it's still a cold movie. Although yeah. I would say it's, his best written movie like the characters was, well I don't know the prestige is pretty damn good I, but it's still cool. look I like the movies but for example something that stood out when I saw Dunkirk which I, I think is movie. a fantastic movie but oh, I hated it I'll die on that hill yeah, I already yeah, died but I'll die on that hill again it, I hated it I love Harry Styles in it though he's <laughs> but so good the idea of, of of like you know there is this huge moment with uh, the character that Mark Rylance play mm -hmm. where a kid dies in his boat insane and he looks back and looks forward and they cover the kid and keep going. Yeah. Right? That wouldn't happen on a Spielberg movie. There's no emotion. So to me- Which that, I think is not okay. But- I don't love it that. Maybe that Brit British approach. I don't know. I, th yeah. I think it, it's also real, probably. In a world like that, you don't have time to, yeah. to be sentimental about it. Uh, to me, <laughs> so that's definitely like a take the way I- inhale it is like fucking Christopher Nolan not like giving the kid time of day like they're just trying to rush yeah this. but if you think of a movie like Save It Private Ryan the concept of it is so sentimental and so getting a guy out of war for his family yeah like all his brothers die mm -hmm. his other four brothers die and now they're gonna send this team to rescue the brother because in terms of like how bad that will look for the country and for this family yeah. I mean, you don't need that story to take to to uh, have a take on on World War Two, but it's just like that emotion thing that it, yeah. it's gonna carry you through the movie. And, and I like, talk about a scene in Saving Private Ryan that's my favorite, and why it's so good, and why Steven Spielberg's a master. <laughs> what yeah. is it? Which which one? It's the scene where Wade dies, right? And the tr and the and the uh, the troop there is they're they're fighting with each other. Previously, they had a bet on what the captain does for a living back. Home, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. They're so in the they're field. fighting. They're, uh, um, Tom Sizemore has a gun pointed. At, at somebody and they're fighting you know uh tom hanks had just cried over wade privately away from everyone so no one sees him crying mm -hmm. and then he comes back out and he goes i'm a school teacher i teach baseball he brings it back to a time where they're not fighting a war they're back home oh i love and, that and everybody calms down they go wow i'll be damned i and love it's that a, it's a scene where their friend just died and he he's talking about being a school teacher and bringing the troops back. So emotional, so beautiful. Don't get that in Dunkirk. Go to hell, Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this. Is my it dad take on life. This is so silly. Uh, like I had to prove that I could watch Saving Private Ryan because <laughs> okay. I was so young. I was like, so um, well, I had to prove that I could watch Small Soldiers with Jay Moore. That movie. <laughs> yeah, no. My dad was like, I don't what know is the test. <laughs> by taking me to see Saving Private Ryan. And so I sat in front of my dad because it was a packed theater. Yeah. And I pretended to be emotionally affected by D-Day. And I was like shaking my head like, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, though, and like the whole time I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Bullets everywhere. This is so oh, cool. Man. And like, and I got to see Small Soldiers after that. And then we had to redo the whole test when traffic came out right, in 99. Right, yeah. And like, yeah, there's like movies. I feel like he's such... Verse, I told Brody Stevens that story. Yeah, it's, it's a fun story. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. I mean, he can do anything, and and big and small, and and with this style and this other style, right? Like he he, yeah, 
he, he comes. Yeah. He also does the same in Jurassic Park. So that scene in Saving Private Ryan, they plant that kind of seed of like, what does the captain do? And then yeah. revealed, right? Yeah. It's the same thing in Jurassic Park where, you know, uh, Sam Neill, he's like, he's talking about the the raptor and then, you know, with, with the claw, with the kid, right? Yeah. Oh, you breed raptors. So there's all this building up of anticipation about raptors, raptors, then boom, he hits you with that final scene of the raptors yeah. and, and unleashes the raptors on the audience. It's like, that's that's building it up and then here you go. And it's so like, whoa. One of the things that is the most, I think, boring and difficult thing to do in a movie is give information right of what we call in a script exposition necessary yeah and it's like okay we have to tell the audience something so star wars needs that that crawl at the beginning yeah because if not you're not gonna understand anything yeah. right and, and they actually wrote that title thing after him and his friends oh, watching the funny. movie not understanding anything brian de palma was the one saying Look, we we need context, right? Yeah. So in a movie like Jurassic Park, he he tons of exposition. How they make the dinosaur? Literally, how, how they make it? Yeah. Right. How? Yeah. How is that possible? But one of the big and all of them, if you look for how he gives information, it's you can see the amount of thought. So the exposition, the information is given in a fun way. So the something way, Jonathan Nolan won't do. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, for example, David Fincher loves information, loves those dialogue scenes, and he makes them rapid fire and it's fun. But Spielberg does this. Like, so the 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 setting up his bird bird theory that yeah. actually velociraptors like would have to be birds. Yeah. Uh, that the, the way that they attack, the coordinated attack, that they don't do. You know, they're not like the T Rex who cannot see you. you oh yeah, move. they like hunting from yeah. All of that he does while threatening this kid. So you are watching an adult disliking a kid and making a point, yeah. but you're receiving all this information that you don't know that you're going to need. Mm-hmm. The moment that that scene happens at the end when like the hunter is about to kill the, and, the, and it appears, it's like, yes, we ha- we have the context to understand this. That's, That's really called perfect it. writing. Yes. That is yes. And, and, perfect but, writing. But it's the visualizing of the, that is not a, that's not in the book. That's what I'm saying. That's how yes. you, how you bring the, because in the book you can stop and explain at any point, right? In of the course, movie, which they do a it's, lot. It's a train that cannot be stopped. I love that though. Uh, but I love in the book how yeah. the old man dies right and, and with all the small dinosaurs <laughs> that are like in the second one yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I'm all, he gets like eaten by like 20 of them or something yeah like there's that. a lot of like changes in that way in the, with with the book but he's running from the complex or something and he gets eaten it's yeah so it's good. in he's more of a villain villain than in, yes. in the movie is more like a tragic a nice grandpa who's yeah. rich and in his own way and he has this yeah it is a tragedy for him like he yeah. believed in doing this thing for himself yeah. or you know living his legacy god the book's so fucking but but the the exposition also the other great example of exposition is when he explains the how the DNA thing works. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be a most boring thing for someone to say, hey, we're going to have to explain that DNA, that we found the DNA in the, in the yeah. uh, mosquitoes, but the way that they do with that animation and, and setting up, right, he, the movie has three introductions. The mm-hmm. first scene introduces the world of danger. There is the dinosaur yeah. and the danger. The second one introduces the idea of uh, uh, the the amber and the mosquitoes yeah. and, the, and the fact that there is a problem. And the third, 
scene introduces the main character, right? And yeah. you know that is the main character. That's also another thing to watch for him. Is like the same way that he will introduce Indiana Jones. When he introduces the yeah. the hero, you know that he's gonna have a hero, hero shot and it's gonna come into the frame. Barry Spielberg. And, yeah, yeah. And all of that is I think it's awesome, you know? So um, funny, I uh with the amber and the mosquito. Yeah. All summer, all year. I'm looking for, for amber and mosquitoes yes. on trees. And I'm like, where the hell is it? I think it activates your imagination in a way that is like, and that is obviously Sign of a good movie. Mike, Michael, Michael Crichton's writing and like the fact that that is, but that movie, for example, like, so the guy is holding this amber thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody who, who is a minor has a light in his, mm-hmm. in his uh, helmet. A Mexican dude. And they're whatever. pointing out like to create this beautiful tableau, right? Every lighting is hitting something. And then the camera goes mm-hmm. and approaches and goes into the mosquito, right? Like very, I mean, I think it's very Hollywood in the in a good way. Yes. Everything is like, you know that you're in good hands, that there's going to be a thrill ride. Um, Just like, yeah, the beginning of Uncut Gems. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I yeah. always think of that. It, I think they were inspired too. I'm like, that's cool. I mean, cool. I feel like when you see a movie that is, is, is easily influenced by his world, you know, like, Anyone making movies today, I think, is probably influenced by Yeah, Spielberg. some people think it's a bad thing that he had such a hold on, on everybody's imagination that it's difficult mm. to break from, from that. You know, you have to have, you know, Tarantino is someone who's very original and is not yeah. following that tradition. Just, it takes an incredible talent to break it. It's yeah. like, if you're mad about it, it's like, well, go find the next yeah, Great it's just mind. very difficult to do it well. The same way that Tarantino, when people like, try to copy Tarantino, it's very difficult to do that well because it's so unique. Remember that movie Go? Yeah. I rewatched it, remembering how it's basically, it's it's 99% Tarantino influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is the only movie I think that does it well, and it's not even close to Yeah, Tarantino. but there is a lot of like the dialogue, the, the crazy kind of like dialogue thing. The, the, Any movie in the 90s. about movies, like this irony. So movie. annoying in the 90s when they would talk about like, a 60s or now, 70s show and like dude you're yes, just doing or like the hamburger game. talks you know that sort of thing it's like he's very unique so funny but that generation of the film i mean the way of the gods were less less ironic and they were all very real and like, yeah but they all knew how to move the camera like in jurassic park they're not talking about like a movie that day no 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 it's, it's so like they, they they're grounded doesn't matter how fantastic uh, the situation is yeah it feels like this is real and it's happening and which makes me feel like Jurassic Park doesn't take place on our earth like right. like Pulp yeah. Fiction doesn't well Pulp Fiction I feel like does take place in our world because they reference like movies in our yeah world. but it's just it's a movie world which I I like so much it's, I love movies that take place in movie world absolutely I think yeah I mean he's brilliant he's fun I will watch him and he's very talented but it's just different that that, that LA doesn't exist it's, I like oh, that yeah, like yeah. um like you <laughs> talked about last action hero I fucking love that movie <laughs> it is so good people hated it I'm like yeah. this movie's amazing are you kidding me they show Sylvester Stallone <laughs> as the Terminator in an alternate universe I'm like yeah 25 years before, before Spider-Man or Spider-Verse or whatever I'm yeah it's like, amazing but it's it's cool, like for people who really love movies, you know, you go yeah. to the movie theater, you go to the back yeah. then the video store. Now I guess you go to Netflix. But the idea is like that you love everything, you know, like yeah. you don't, you're not a critic. You don't go to hate a movie. No, it's just very disappointing when something doesn't work for you. But 
when you see something special, I feel also there's an age, you know, like I don't mm. think, yeah, I think for me seeing dinosaurs when I was 10 uh, was very impactful. I remember yeah. that that wonder thing, that magic. Yeah. If I have, you know, when I saw Iron Man, I liked the movie, but I wasn't like, oh my God, you know, of like course. someone can fly and do this and do that. There was no that moment. I feel like if I was 10 at the, when I saw Iron Man, so I would inspired. have the same. Yeah. So to me, those movies that I saw between maybe 10 and, and, and 18 yeah. are the movies that stayed with me forever, you know, like the- Same the, here. Tarantino, yeah. Spielberg, all right. those usual suspects, movies like that yeah. stuck with me, influenced me throughout my whole life. Totally. And then today I still see a lot of movies that I like, but there's nothing that is like, oh my God, you know, I know. this has changed my life. I know. It's so <laughs> interesting. Yeah. When you watch stuff today, it doesn't change your life. It doesn't inspire you as much. Mm-mm. So I'm like you, I'm someone who goes back because I crave that inspiration. Yes. So I don't become cynical. In right. Hollywood and my goal has always been, you know, if I can make a movie that kind of like had on someone that kind of sense of wonder or happiness yeah. or whatever that I felt yeah. when I was at that age. You know? But you know, Bad Friends is doing that. Bad Friends inspires people and it makes them feel so happy. Oh, definitely. To and me, comedy, that's so important. Comedy like, is such a... The thing with comedy, someone called it the orgasm of the mind, right? Mm. Like, And it's like that sense of like, okay, it's so... It takes you out of whatever issues you have right now. Yeah. So people, I, I understand. And also when people are very funny, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. It's so difficult to do. But I think it's inspiring though. Like, it, like yeah. Bad Friends inspires me and I'm working on it. So I can only imagine if you're... Uh, yeah. you know a thousand miles away and watching on your ipad like yeah oh my gosh like it must make you think there must be good in the world if like these like two like comedians are making me laugh and yeah. they're making it's fun. two idiots yeah are, making fun are, of everything <laughs> yeah you know what i mean are, i love that yeah i i it definitely yeah i feel like we were lucky to to be able to help create something as fun as, as as that just insane to be working on bad friends yeah like, so fun and yeah it's just chaos. Yeah. The things we deal with are chaos. So funny. <laughs> Definitely. Actually, one one thing about the movie that we haven't talked about. And when I was I was at the movie theater with like yeah. my my uh notebook. You brought that in the theater. I brought it in the theater. <laughs> yes to see. It was it in Burbank? It, yeah, yeah, it was just here. So funny. Yes, just in Burbank. And and you get recognized? No, no, no. Good, I, good. I to be honest, I skipped the ads and all that. So I came in as the lights were dimmed and, and left uh, when the directed by credit uh, in the helicopter. So you're like my dad between surgery. <laughs> yeah. Going in real fast to see any movie. You know he it's so crazy. He goes to the movies so much and he lives in two cities. Yeah. And in each city, they know him so well that he walks into the theater for free now. That's so funny. Goes and watches 20 minutes of a movie because he's like you. Yeah. Where it's like his complete escape. Like, um, he's not like, like with me, like I go on my phone, I can uh, vape or smoke a joint. Right. He doesn't do anything. So movies are his only thing. I, I, I it's hilarious. remember I have always escaped whatever situation, work, uh, school, uh, if, if I could look where the movie, you know, and, and I could watch anything, you know, if, they, if the time would allow me to, like I would go and, and. That was how I used to, I've told you this, I, was, I used to be like that. Yeah. Um, I actually think it's kind of sad and you never lost this, but I lost it for some reason, but before covid around you know like i would go to the movies to see everything at the arc light yeah at the grove 
and, and when I was very very poor in, in New York I was in school I would go to an early movie and oh, stay nice. all day in the theater oh that's how watch, I grew up and I would like skip from uh, you know one to another screening room and watch them all today I'm, I'm so glad that AMC came out with that uh, movie pass yeah I like, did that too when I was so yeah. my dad, me, and my uh, sister Candace, we would do the same thing. We would watch movies all day. Yeah, and every parent would be like, "Oh, so you're a thief?" And <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah, like, yeah. "No, we just we've been doing that every day for right. uh, twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. fine." Exactly. You know, I'm seeing yeah, ladybugs yeah, yeah. with I the Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> the same, the same thing. Also, movies in the U.S. were so expensive when I came here. I mean, t- even today, but. I remember when they hit ten dollars. I was like, "What is this, New York City?" Right. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, like one thing that I wrote uh, was towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, towards the middle of the movie, uh, John Hamm says something to uh, Newman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that then later on in the movie, I feel like, oh, this is all about him mm-hmm. because he ha- he's having financial issues or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, that's your problem. Whatever. Yeah, I and think then, that's funny. They're, that's your issue. And then he says, <laughs> Hit me hard. I don't blame people for their mistakes. I'll just ask that they pay for them. So embarrassing. <laughs> I'm like, when, by the way, when I see that, it's like, I'm like, is my dad around looking at me? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, I'm a little nervous. Like, whenever there's a moment like that in a movie, I'm like, oh, God, the important Someone is moment. judging me, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I hate seeing movies with my parents. <laughs> but I feel at the end of the movie, you know, when he's contemplating what he has done, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the, one of the last lines of of uh, of um, Alan, uh, Dr. Grant, it's like he's running it's kind of like a funny moment he's running out of the complex or the visitor said like hey after comfortable consideration I decided not to endorse your part <laughs> and then John was like yeah me neither right and then they go to the helicopter and he's looking around and like holy shit what I did you know and now I'm gonna have to pay for, for what I've done yeah I even got the lawyer murdered right, that right, I right. brought here it's exactly exactly so I feel like the the playing playing with God thing, uh, playing to be God, and and playing with nature is such a, it's done so well that you feel okay. Yeah, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't be doing this. I, yeah. I think today you can see it with eyes of climate change and other yeah. things. It's still like it's those those things are relevant. Yeah, um, a great human lesson too in art, just to have in general, yeah. like there as a marker for humans to watch Jurassic Park yeah. uh, 50 years from now and go like it still has like a, a good message which is just do your thing don't try and play God yeah. calm down which is what it is like don't think you can just do anything yeah and I think for those who haven't seen Jurassic Park I would say look it's really entertaining Yeah, it is groundbreaking uh, for special effects CGI all of that like movies never been the same after that yeah it's so uh you know relevant in terms of message and all of that and it's such a filmmaking you know masterpiece that laura dern's so hot in it oh all the actors are amazing i my ex-wife was like she's uh like a fashion icon and then i was like oh like my ex she dresses like laura dern yeah so now i'm like always attracted i'm like oh that's such like an la summer uh, outfit i'm right. like the jean shorts like, 
Yeah, Laura Dern is amazing in it. Like, I've seen <laughs> Sam Neill. It was the first time I have seen Sam Neill in Me a movie. Too. And I was like, wow, what a cool hero. Then he did that other uh, movie with the kid, right? Right after about, like, lawyers or something. And I wanted to see it because it had him in it. My dad was like, no, you won't he, like it. He also did Event Horizon, which Event I like. Event Horizon was scary to me. There yeah, was a tornado in our theater. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he did, like, what's it, like, Knife in the Water, you know? I never like, saw him really. Like, but but this movie was like, oh, God, like, he made it all of them stars. Like, I bet we could get them, by the way, for something. <laughs> I really think so. Oh, you know, when they came back for the last Jurassic World, like all of them again, I was like, oh, yeah. Then it was like, for me, it was just disappointing. So I'm not going to talk course. about it. I don't like to talk about movies that I don't like. Yeah. But this this movie, it's so, you know, you, you will feel like you're a kid again. Um, it won't look kid, cheesy either. It just oh, looks... No. It basically, it looks like how you would, like, if you were in prehistoric times. It feels so real, you know, yeah. and then looking at what they did now with Adam Driver in the 65, uh, 80, or whatever. I lasted not, six minutes in that movie. Right. We don't have to get into yeah, it, but yeah. it's Go not Go see Jurassic like Park or yeah. rewatch Jurassic Park 30 years ago. Like, it holds up. It's an amazing movie. Uh, and hope you guys enjoy this, like, different SOS VHS episode. Yeah. And I'll, we'll see you guys next week. Watch the classics, kids. Bye. <laughs>